2 Samuel chapter 6, verse 1. And David again gathered all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. Now this isn't all the warriors that are available to him. This is just a group of choice warriors. 2. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal Judah, to bring up from thence the ark of God, whereupon is called the name, even the name of the Lord of hosts that sitteth upon the cherubim. The Lord is still dwelling among the cherubim of the ark of the covenant. Now that doesn't mean that God isn't in a bunch of other places. The Father is in heaven. At this point, the Son is also in heaven. He hasn't come down to earth yet. But God is also in all of his creation, and he's also dwelling on the ark of the covenant. He's wherever he wants to be. They want to bring the ark into the city of David. 3. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart, a brand new cart that no one had ever used. And this is appropriate, because the cart has to be sanctified for God, meaning that it has no other use except for God. And that's why it has to be a brand new cart. Because if it wasn't new, it wouldn't be sanctified, because it would have been used for another purpose in the past and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in the hill. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drove the new cart. Now Abinadab is David's priest. He is the priest who escaped King Saul when King Saul was killing the high priest and his family. And so Abinadab became priest to David, and he was keeping charge of the Ark of the Covenant. But now they want to bring the Ark of the Covenant to David's house in the city of David, which is in Jerusalem. Abinadab's sons are Uzzah and Ahio. 4. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was in the hill with the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. He walked ahead of the ark. 5. And David and all the house of Israel played before the Lord with all manner of instruments, made of cypress wood and with harps and with psalteries and with timbrels and with sistra and with cymbals. They have a lot of brass instruments. They also have harps. And they are playing music before the Lord to worship him as the ark progresses. 6. And when they came to the threshing floor of Nacon, Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen stumbled. Ahio was walking ahead of the ark, and Uzzah, the other son, was walking behind the ark. But the oxen stumbled, and Uzzah was afraid that the ark would fall, so he put his hand out and touched the ark to prevent it from falling. But this showed a lack of respect to the Lord because no one is allowed to ever touch the ark. When Uzzah touched it, he was showing that he didn't respect the power of God. God can save his own ark. He doesn't need us to hold it up. He is not a man-made God. We don't have to help him or prop him up like you would with an idol. But that's what Uzzah was doing. He was propping up the Lord. He didn't realize that the Lord is alive, and he was alive on that ark above the cherubim. So Uzzah died. 7. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error, and there he died by the ark. On the surface level, it looks like Uzzah had good intentions and he died wrongfully. But when you really understand that Uzzah had no faith in God and looked at God as if he were a man-made idol. That was what his real sin was. It wasn't good intentions. His sin was a lack of faith. 8. And David was displeased because the Lord had broken forth upon Uzzah, and that place was called Perez Uzzah unto this day, which means break forth against Uzzah. Break forth means it's kind of a negative connotation. It's positive for the one who's breaking forth, but it's negative for who they're breaking forth upon. It kind of means attack or to take over. If you are the one breaking forth, that's good. But if you're the one getting broken forth on, that's really bad.
And David is upset about it because Uzzah died so easily with good intentions. And that kind of scares David because we don't want to die because we have good intentions. But you have to understand, it wasn't good intentions that killed Uzzah. It was a lack of faith that killed him. 9. And David was afraid of the Lord that day, and he said, How shall the ark of the Lord come unto me? David is saying, If Uzzah could die so easily, how am I going to survive? I don't know if my faith is strong enough to survive the Lord's wrath. 10. So David would not remove the ark of the Lord unto him into the city of David, but David carried it aside into the house of Obed-Edom, the Gittite. Obed-Edom was a Levite, so David felt that the ark would be safe in his hands and that God wouldn't kill him. David doesn't feel righteous enough to house the ark, so he's going to leave it with somebody who he thinks is better than he is, who hopefully won't die from God's wrath. 11. And the ark of the Lord remained in the house of Obed-Edom the Gittite three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and all his house. Because the Lord is dwelling at Obed's house, Obed gets blessed greatly, meaning his animals are giving birth, his wife is giving birth, his servants are giving birth, nobody is sick, nobody has diseases. 12. And it was told King David, saying, The Lord hath blessed the house of Obed-Edom, and all that pertaineth unto him, because of the ark of God. And David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with joy. This gave David faith that he could keep the ark. If Obed could keep it, then maybe David could keep it. And it gave David joy that Obed-Edom was blessed by the Lord because he had the ark. And that made David think, If I keep the ark in the city of David, then I'll be blessed too. 13. And it was so that when they that bore the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. For every six steps, on the seventh step that they took when they were traveling with the ark, David would do a sacrifice of animals. Every Sabbath step, there would be an animal sacrifice. I don't think this means that the ark stopped moving because it takes hours to do a sacrifice. What I think was happening was David had a lot of animals ready for sacrifice that were traveling with the ark, and every Sabbath step, which is every seventh step that the ark took, at that point somebody would stop with some animals and set up an altar and do a sacrifice, and then the ark would keep going while that sacrifice was beginning. And then seven more steps, somebody would stop with more animals and set up another altar and start doing that sacrifice. This is a massive line of sacrifices that are seven steps apart, which means they're very close together. The entire trail that this ark made from Obed-Edom's house to David's house was filled with animal sacrifices, one after another. 14. And David danced before the Lord with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. He wore the linen ephod, but he wasn't wearing a breastplate. He was wearing priestly garments. He was not naked, but he was not dressed like a king. And this is extremely important. 15. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with a shouting and with the sound of the horn. They're blowing their horn, which is what you normally blow in battle, because the Lord is mighty and great, and he is battling the demonic forces. He's battling against evil. They're blowing the horn against evil. 16. And it was so as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, looked out at the window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Michael was his first wife. She was taken away from him by his father-in-law, King Saul, and she was given to another man. Then David got her back through Abner. 
Abner brought Michael back to David to win David's approval so that he could be one of David's soldiers. So Michael is back in David's house, and she now looks out the window and sees him coming with the ark, and she hates him. Now we're going to find out in a minute why she hates him. 17. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tent that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. So he does more sacrifices when they get it into the city of David. 18. And when David had made an end of offering the burnt offering and the peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. David is doing the work of a priest. He was anointed to be king, but he is performing the work of a priest. David believes that to be a priest is greater than to be a king. He's honoring the priesthood above the kingship. He's dressed himself up not as a king, but as a priest. He's wearing the ephod. And he's not doing the work of a king. He's doing the work of a priest because he's offering sacrifices and he is blessing the people. 19. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, both to men and women, to make everyone a cake of bread and a cake made in a pan and a sweet cake. So all the people departed everyone to his house. David gives every single Israelite a gift. He's already given God tons of sacrifices out of his own wealth, hundreds of animals this day. And now he is giving all Israelites three food food gifts, a regular bread, a flat bread, which is unleavened, representing no sin, and a sweet cake to enjoy. Everybody's going home with a gift. 20. Then David returned to bless his household. Now he's bringing gifts home to his own household, all of his wives, all of his children and his servants. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How did the king of Israel get him honor today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaids of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself? She's telling him that he was naked when he was dancing. He was dancing naked before the poor virgins of Israel. Now, he wasn't actually naked. He was wearing the priest's ephod when he danced in front of them. But in Michael's eyes, it was as good as being naked because he wasn't wearing kingly golden garments. He wasn't wearing a crown. He wasn't acting like a king. He was acting like a priest and he was making a fool of himself for God. He was honoring the Lord and not honoring himself at all. And that's why she hated him because she married a king. She didn't marry a priest. She had a lot of pride in that fact. She saw herself as the wife of a king. Her hatred is all based on pride. So she felt that David diminished himself by doing the work of a priest and by dressing as a priest. And in her eyes, he might as well have been naked. He humiliated himself. And because he humiliated himself, she believed that he humiliated her and made her of nothing. Listen to David's answer. 21. And David said unto Michael, Before the Lord who chose me above thy father and above all his house, to appoint me prince over the people of the Lord, over Israel, before the Lord will I make merry. 22. And I will be yet more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And with the handmaids whom thou hast spoken of, with them I will get me honor. This is what he is saying to her. He's saying, The Lord has made me prince over Israel, which is the same thing as saying, The Lord has made me king over Israel. But I want to rejoice for what the Lord is. And that's why I lowered myself as priest. Because in my eyes, it's more important to honor the Lord than to honor me. Because I would have never been king if he hadn't have made me king. 
I did not have the power to make myself king. It's only because of God, and that's why I'm honoring him. And I will lower myself, debase myself to the ground to worship God, if that's what it takes. And those poor virgins, they can look up to me, and that's fine. I don't need a queen to look up to me. If a poor virgin looks up to me, that's good enough for me. 23. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children unto the day of her death. Now, before she was taken away from David, she had no children with David. When she went to her second husband, she had no children with him either, apparently. And then when she got brought back to David, she never had children. It doesn't say that David didn't sleep with her. It just says that she never gave birth. So God has punished her and made her barren because of her pride. When she was young, she really loved David. She was madly in love with him, but she saw him as a future king. And then when she was an older woman and came back to him, she realized that he himself didn't see himself that way. He saw himself as dirt and dust before the Lord. And she didn't like that because she always was in love with a king. She wasn't in love with a humble man. And when she understood that David was a humble man, she hated him because that wasn't what she signed up for. Michael had pride that was similar to her own father's pride. Hopefully she had a change of heart before she died and she became humble. But God wouldn't allow her to have any royal children because of her pride. And that is where we end in Second Samuel chapter 6.